Why are we always getting involved in everyone else's trouble? <laughs> because we're the freaking guardians of the galaxy. Hey, Ellie, welcome to the Meet Me at the Movies Extra. As we talk Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Thomas. Uh, and yes, I, I speak multiple languages, uh, much like a, a character that we discover uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, whom we did not know spoke multiple languages. And, and that's just a small spoiler, about the only spoiler we're going to give you in this episode as we chat uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Thomas, when uh, and, and anyone who has heard me talk about Guardians uh, will know that when I first heard that Marvel was doing this, I was like, why? And then I saw the trailer, and it sold me right off the bat with the trailer, and then I saw that first film, uh, gosh, nine years ago, uh, 2014, and uh, I was sold. And uh, they have continued to be my favorite uh, kind of go-to characters throughout the MCU since they were introduced uh, nine years ago. Yeah, I mean, I've grown up with the MCU and have connected with various characters and various of these sub-franchises over the course of developing a you know, taste in film and developing a taste as a movie fan. But I think the Guardians, they are the team that I've always connected with the most and that a lot of the people that, uh, a lot of the people that we enjoy talking to and a lot of film critics and film fans that we have the best conversations with tend to be huge fans of the Guardians as well. And um, this, uh, the third film from James Gunn, I'm really glad he got to complete his trilogy here. Yeah, I am too. And, and anyone who has been following James Gunn knows that he uh, is, is going on to different pastures, but still in a, a superhero universe. He is in charge of uh, many things relating to DC now, but I'm glad he got a chance to, to finish this chapter uh, and provide some closure uh, for fans and, and do it in his own way. And uh, it, it definitely had the James Gunn stamp on this uh, from start to finish. Uh, this this film, Thomas, for me, uh, from the beginning uh, of Volume 3, I really just found myself embraced in the story. And uh, it's an origin story uh, of Rocket, but it also is a story that, that closes this chapter of this particular uh, team. And what I mean by this is this particular makeup of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, of course, they kind of continue like the Avengers continue and other teams continue, just they look a little different with uh, with, with heroes and characters going in and out uh, of, of, of the lineup. Yeah, and the first 10 minutes of this movie really commit to a truly somber tone and that kind of surprised me uh, because you look at previous Guardians movies. The first one uh, starts out with. And then the second one, of course, Mr. Blue Sky with dancing through the credits uh, but this one is it starts out with an acoustic radiohead song that's uh oh this just very 
this really heavy cloud hanging over the film, and we find the Guardians at a point and, and, which... And Thomas, and, and there's a heavy cloud hanging over the characters, too, and you yeah. sense that with that song and what's happening in that, that one take uh, as well. Exactly, yeah. We find each of them at a point where individually they're dealing with something internally that's broken a part of them, and they're, they're all carrying unresolved emotional baggage. Um, they still have each other, but we almost get a sense that something has weakened those bonds between them, and everybody is just a little bit out of rhythm. Yeah, and you, you talk about that broken aspect, and to me that's a theme that carries throughout. And that's something I love about this. These are not characters who are perfect. Um, they are characters who are broken, uh, either uh, emotionally or, or physically, and, and some both. And uh, I, and even from a, just a standpoint of the psychological standpoint, there's a lot of brokenness going on. And I think that's just a beautiful reflection of humanity and who we are. We're, we're broken people, uh, but that doesn't mean that um, there's anything wrong with us. That doesn't mean that anything's wrong with us. I, I'm, I'm reminded that there are those around us who will try to uh, impose perfection on us or in, impose their reflection of what they think is a perfect society. This film did a really nice job showing that. Um, they're, um, they're, for those, I think, who try to make everybody perfect and make everything perfect, I think they are in a constant state of disappointment. They're in a constant state of anxiety and frustration because nobody's perfect. Uh, we, and we, we even see that from a standpoint in the Bible. <laughs> and there are, uh, you will find religious symbolism throughout this film as well. And that's something, Thomas, that spoke to me. Um, there are uh, aspects of reflections of uh, Moses and the escape of the Israelites uh, from, uh, from the Pharaoh. And there's even a pyramid that shows up uh, in this. Uh, and also uh, there's a reflection of what we might see in the, uh, the story of Noah uh, and the ark. Uh, and uh, something else that spoke to me, Thomas, is... Uh, was continued to be reminded of uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein throughout this film. Right, there's a lot of different religious imagery, religious imagery in here, and not just for one particular religion. It's really, I think, all of the um, Abrahamic religions have their own uh, references and homages in this film, and. There were parts of the middle act here that didn't entirely click for me. Uh, some of the galactic hopscotch wasn't quite cohesive, and some of the needle drops weren't as seamless as what we've come to expect for the franchise, and a few of the character, be character beats felt like they were on the verge of something that was just out of reach, but then everything begins firing on all cylinders in that final hour. Um, and it's always like we needed that middle act feel just a little bit off in order for us to feel what was truly and undoubtedly perfect in that last act. Uh, a recent comparison in a major blockbuster from last year, I think to the third act of Top Gun Maverick, and that's one of my favorite finales in action filmmaking in recent, hi in recent history because it uses the action to complete character arcs and bring about emotional fulfillment. Um, every single decision, both the narrative storytelling and the physical filmmaking converge in this just epic symphony of entertainment spectacle and cathartic drama. And I think the final hour of Guardians 3 is on that same level. Uh, now that we've gotten to know these characters for nearly a decade and we've seen them in 
multiple films in their own franchise and then an overlapping MCU stories. There's been this certain storytelling language that's developed and bridged the gap between these characters in their own worlds and also us as the audience, as the viewers. So we all had this general collective idea of what that, that peak synergy would look like in a Guardians finale. You know, we're, we've ex- we're going to expect that perfect needle drop, that perfect action set piece, this perfect emotional convergence of this family unit, and the perfect brief moment of quiet reflection. And we have that all in uh, Guardians Volume 3. Oh, absolutely. It, it had so much heart. There was humor. Uh, there was that darkness that you uh, you mentioned as well. Uh, I, I I really just felt this film. Uh, I felt this film for the characters. Uh, I, I felt it for myself. Uh, I, I think another theme and a message that was spoken to me is that uh, I, I mentioned earlier about kind of the imperfection, the brokenness that we all have. But within that, we all have purpose. Um, we all have a calling that should go beyond self. And you see that here. You see that with the characters uh, choosing to go beyond self. And I think we've seen that throughout uh, the story uh, of the Guardians. And ultimately, um, we are better together. That uh, rings uh, and, and echoes loudly throughout. And, and let me, speaking of sound, I've, I've got to dive into this. The sound design for this film uh, and the mix, absolutely perfect. You had mentioned the needle drops. I'm with you. Uh, I think um, maybe a, a few less songs um, would have been fine. Um, and, and also something was interesting to me in this one, Thomas, is uh, there are, uh, are songs that are iconically familiar. And you mentioned a couple of those earlier that, that everybody, no matter what your background or no matter what genre you're pulled to, you've probably heard some of those. But there were some in here that were a little more deep cuts uh, that were not uh, things that I would call those legendary songs that everybody is familiar with. And and maybe uh, maybe that's a way for people to get in in a little deeper, to dig in a little deeper. But uh, sound design, the mix was perfect. I thought the editing and the cinematography really solid. There were some excellent one-shots or oneers, and we mentioned um, one of those at the beginning, but there was also one, Thomas, that you were absolutely in love with. Yeah, and I'm just going to say I knew that there was going to be uh, the Beastie Boys' No Sleep Till Brooklyn on the soundtrack. Uh, They officially released the soundtrack a few weeks ago, but I didn't know how it was going to be used, where it was going to be used. But I know if you're going to use the Beastie Boys in an action movie, it's going to come at just the right time. And as soon as we hear that beat drop, it just uh, kind of sent this jolt of energy through me. And I think everybody in the room, it was a small critic screening, not many of us, but all of us were just kind of on the same wavelength. And you could just, you could just feel us. It was like we were all, you know, intrinsically connected throughout this whole, the whole energy of this movie. And uh, so what happens in those following like three to four minutes as soon as you hear the Beastie Boys, um, it does not disappoint. It will it will deliver uh, everything you could hope for. You could see the heads kind of doing this. You know, you could see some arms doing this. And I loved it. I really, really loved that. Uh, one, one more thing I want to make sure I mention, uh, Thomas, before we uh, wrap this up and give our grade on this. Uh, the uh, special effects, the visual effects are, are wonderful, um, especially 
for the creatures, uh, and, and some of these are creatures that you have you would you would see on Earth, and uh, the CGI on those, and they were they were speaking you know, to each other, and it felt real. I really felt immersed within that dialogue with these with these animals, and these creatures, and there were emotional connections, and sometimes that doesn't happen. Uh, in a film where you create these CGI creatures. You really wanted to, but this time it delivered. Yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that because that's something I definitely wanted to mention as well. And not to hark on a movie that's years in the past, but the visuals in the quote-unquote live-action Lion King from a few years ago, they were so close to realism that it looped back around to becoming distant and cold. Yeah, but... We, we know that real lions don't talk. Um, but if you spend enough time making, you know, in this instance, CGI raccoons look just expressive enough, but not fully biologically accurate, we're bound to connect emotionally with those creatures in almost the same way we would human characters. Yeah, and it worked. It, it absolutely worked. Uh, and we talked about this being uh, an origin story for Rocket, and you get to see Rocket as a, as a baby, uh, and and seeing uh, his true progression, even through uh, adolescence and then, of course, uh, adulthood, uh, that was amazing. And uh, we did get to really feel that that everyone's story that we've grown to know over this past almost decade, we felt that their story, uh, or at least a, a, a large chapter of their story, was complete. That arc was complete. And we know that they're going to go on, and we, we even get a glimpse of where they may go on too, which I really liked. But you did feel like you you had that closure. And I keep coming back to that word, but I think that that is important uh, in a true trilogy. And this, while well, I say this is the true trilogy, it's beyond, because we've seen the Guardians show up uh, beyond just their standalone films, but films that were dedicated to them. Uh, you, you you feel it. You feel like you know the characters and um, you know who they are and why they are. Yeah, and I think people have had questions over the years of why is Rocket, um, you know, so arrogant sometimes? Why does he have such an attitude and what's his deal? Why can't he because show sympathy to. for people when they're going through tough times? Um, but we, we really get a good idea of why his heart was is hardened in the way that it yes. is and yes um but it we also you know see him coming to terms with hey i've uh i need to do better about the way i interact and connect with people and express myself um and that's that's really the the core of this his whole story in this film yeah uh, all of these characters have evolved and i'm using that word because uh because evolution and um Forced evolution is a is a key part of what uh, is going on within this within this film, and you see that from the trailer. So that's not a spoiler there, but I think that authentic evolution of character and evolution of who we are and becoming uh, better versions of ourselves that shows up here strong. Uh, I, I highly recommend the movie if you're a Guardians fan. Uh, if you're wanting to see something brand new and fresh. This, this is not that movie. Um, there are echoes of what we've seen before, but if you are looking for a completion, I feel like you get a completion here, and I was pleased with it. I was satisfied. 
I was as well, and uh, the more I thought about it over the past few days, the more I fall in love with it more and can't wait to watch it again. So I'm going to give uh, Guardians Volume 3 a solid A. I'm right there with you, man. Solid A rating, and that is a, a difficult thing to attain for a, a film that is the third part of a franchise, a standalone franchise, but when you when you add the other spinoffs where you've seen them within other films, it's amazing. And so, yes, yeah, solid A for me. Uh, for uh, for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. What about the soundtrack? What are you going to give the a rating for the soundtrack? We don't normally do it, but since since you've talked about it, go for it. Okay, so I think the soundtrack as a whole, I'll give it a I'll give it a B. Uh, okay. not quite <laughs> as perfect as the first two, but uh, I do think this has the very best needle drop that the franchise has seen. So awesome. Well, thanks for joining us right here on this. Uh, meet me at the movies. Uh, extra dive in to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, A rating for both uh, Thomas and myself. You can uh, catch our full shows uh, with other topics uh, on C19 TV each week and also WGWG. And uh, we appreciate you spending time with us. And until next time, uh, for Thomas Manning, I'm Earl Thomas Manning the second. That's a wrap. <laughs>